This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. Spurs have just drawn nil-nil away at Frankfurt in the Champions League. Yes, there are a lot of people worried about where I am, but it was actually these divas uh, taking their time to come on the screen rather than me. I got back to my hotel really, really quick. Yes, yes, wow. Um, yes, Tottenham Hotspur have just drawn nil-nil. I was told by Andy Linden on this very channel on Saturday that this game would finish nil-nil. I cannot believe it. Uh, I've got three very special guests with me today. I've got Craig, Ricky and Darren to talk about today's game. First of all, um, Craig, let's come to you. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Sorry, I've got the giggles. Just Darren. <laughs> Darren, <laughs> Darren, Darren was making me laugh before we came on. I've got a lot. Sorry. Um, yeah. I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Let's get into this. Let's get into this better performance well, tonight, which is great. At least everyone's smiling. At least everyone's smiling. We've got impressionist Darren Altman with us. Darren, how are you? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. I was listening to Andy, Andy Linton, and I'll tell you something. I don't know why I put his hand up over here, but he was doing that for some reason. And, and I'll tell you what, royal, I'd rather have the geezer from the royal family on. <laughs> Ah, oh, Dow. <laughs> We've also got Ricky Norwood back with us. Actor Ricky Norwood. Ricky, how are you? Oh, I'm good, my friend. I'm uh, giggling after that as well. Um, 
Yeah, man, my gosh. You leave Andy alone, all right? You leave him alone, Dal. That, <laughs> yeah. that was a great impression, though. But yeah, looking forward to getting into this, boys. Let's have it. Do you know what, Ricky? I actually thought of you on Sunday because uh, I was struggling doing the London Marathon on Sunday and there was about two miles to go and I needed a little bit of energy and then I saw an advert for uh, a marathon in Watford and it actually made me laugh out loud when I thought of you. <laughs> oh, bro, I should have sent you a, I should have sent you a bloody motivational speech, shouldn't I? Bloody... Oh, mate. Well done to you. Well done to you and well done to Richard as well. I mean, amazing what you've done there. It was a great event. It really was. Um, Ricky, let's start, let's start the show with you. Um, Frankfurt nil, Tottenham Hotspur nil. What did you make of the game tonight? Improved performance, first and foremost. Improved performance. Um, we played a lot of the time on the front foot. It was a battle, don't get me wrong. Frankfurt are not an easy team to play against. Uh, they play the same system, system as us and they play fast football as well. So, you know, we all know that they've won the Europa League last year. So, yes, they've lost a couple of players, but they're still strong. Um, and they want to prove themselves in front of that crowd, which I want to ask you about, Chris, when I finish this rant. But um, but it was an amazing crowd. It was an amazing atmosphere. There was questions over whether Tottenham can handle the pressure un under that type of atmosphere and under that type of occasion after the weekend. And I felt that the boys stepped up today. I think the boys were wanted to show us, at least, that, that that defeat on the weekend did affect them. And they're going out to show us that they're... They, they wanted to bounce back and they all wanted to play for us. And you, look, we, we didn't have it all our way, but there were, it was an improved performance across the park. And it's just, again, like, like the commentary was saying, actually, um, it was just like the final ball, the final tweak. But we had plenty of chances tonight. We pressed high. The line was high. We defended high. We attacked high. It was, it, it was all on top today. And, and right until the last minute as well, right until the last second. And, and it was great to see that from the boys. Um, we haven't got it all right quite yet, but at least we can see that there's a reaction. And that's what I'm pleased about tonight. But tell us about that crowd, Chris. Bloody yeah, hell. You, you mentioned about that crowd. I'll tell you what, when people say about a 12th man, um, that really is a 12th man inside that stadium. Um, a fantastic stadium, by the way. Um, really, really lovely stadium to go into. Uh, and they just don't stop chanting they don't stop singing it is incredible um everybody is jumping up and down every minute uh the whole 90 minutes you've got fans jumping up and down and i'll tell you what i would love the spurs stadium to be like that because um every celebration every um every song every single fan gets involved which is just so lovely to see the amount of flags the amount of banners in uh in their stand behind the goal. Incredible, incredible electric atmosphere. And I'll tell you what, when we play Frankfurt at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium next week, um, I bet it will be like a mini version in there. So that's going to be another very difficult game next week. But yeah, incredible atmosphere inside that stadium this evening. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Your thoughts on tonight's game? It was better, definitely. It was definitely better than Saturday. But then again, it could have been a lot worse. Um, the there was a fair bit that we still got wrong in the final third, as Ricky was saying, uh, you know, we just weren't clinical. And in fact, Conte says here, um, this was a good performance from the start. We put in a lot of pressure and were aggressive in every zone. At the same time, we didn't risk a lot. We created chances, but if I had to find a situation to improve, then it's, we have to be more clinical. And I think he's probably at the nail on the head. That's what I would take from the game myself. The, 
the um, those passes in the final set. I thought Hoybier and, and Benteke were, were great in the centre of the park, but it was just it was just that clinicalness. I think Son was trying to break in a pair of boots for somebody with two left feet tonight again tonight because his passing was off. I thought Kane was okay. Um, Richarlison battled, but it was just those final passes and the crosses. Um, but definitely an improvement on on uh, on Saturday. And it's good. like Ricky said, it was good to see us breaking from the front, you know, pressing higher up the pitch and trying to win the ball higher up the pitch. It, it makes all the difference. And you could see they're up for it tonight. What about you, Darren? What do you think of it? Um, yeah, I mean, improved. Normally, when um, when we get badly beaten or play well, you know, what I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I mean, I'm the glass half full. I always think that, um, well, we'll learn from it and we'll come out fighting the next game. And often we don't. And it's like, oh, fucking hell, man! Like, what? We learn nothing. But today there was a res- uh, there was um, an improved performance and tactically, which I'm sure you know we'll discuss. Um, we could see what was happening. We were higher up the pitch. Dyer was pinging, I think, three or four balls to um, uh, Royal. So that was obviously... So not only were we pressing high and we were trying to get up and play through them more, but we were trying to come in behind them, which was an interesting tactic as well. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, a, a better performance. Um, still don't see what Royal brings to the party, even though he was more into it today. I just don't... I, I don't get it. Don't get it with him. Um, but yeah, and and very very strange actually uh, to to see us not not be clinical in in the um, in the final pass because we're not used to it. We're not used to it. I thought the midfield played well defensively. We were all right, but yeah, it's 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 strange because we're just so used to seeing Kane turn and smack a ball to Sonny, or Sonny turn and smack a ball to Kane, and the next thing you know, the net's flapping. But it was quite weird. You know, it was, you know, the head in the hands moments. Fucking hell! Oh, tonight, all night, it was quite weird that we, that we didn't get that goal. I thought we're not used to seeing that, like crap link up players, opposed to like, you know, what we, you know, great passing and that and that um, sixth sense that we're used to seeing with with Kane and Son. Just before we get into talking about the main game earlier on today uh, in the Europa, uh, sorry, in the UEFA. Uh, youth League, Marseille lost 6-0 at home to Sporting uh, and Frankfurt beat our under-19s 1-0. We only had a couple of chances, actually. Alfie Devine went close in the first half and Jaden Williams went close in the the second half. Other than that, didn't really create a lot in that game. Um, In the um, Europa Youth League, um, Spurs are third. We've now played three with 1-1. We've lost two and we've got three points. Um, Sorry, who was trying to say something? Chris, I, I don't think that sporting result is right, bro. I'm sure that Marseille won three one, didn't they? They had a, the, I think Sporting had a goalkeeper sent off. They scored in the first minute. No, it's a youth league. Youth league. What this one? That that was the youth league. This is this is the youth league. Yes. All right, cool. All right, cool. I was like, what's going on here, man? I was like, it was confusing the hell out of me. All right, sorry, bruv. Sorry. Yeah, that, that was an away game, the Spurs one there. I see that. that was... This is an away game, Ricky. I'm in Frankfurt, and the game that I went to earlier, Frankfurt beat Spurs under 19s 1 0. Come on, Ricky. Pick up, man. It's late, man. It's late, all right. And now, the Champions League group, group D. <laughs> You're now confusing me. I'll tell you what. Sorry, let's go, let's I'm go, sorry. 
Let's go. Uh, let's go straight to it and let's talk about the starting eleven. Ricky, let's start with you on the starting eleven. Um, Lloris, Royale, Romero, Dyer, Lengley, Perisic, Benton Kerr, Hoybier, Richarlison, Son, and Kane. Uh, the twelve subs for Spurs tonight: Forster, Austin, Sanchez, Davis, Doherty, Spence, Sessegnon, Skip, White, Basuma, Saar, and Brian Hill. Um, any surprises there for you? Well. Uh... You know what? I think that I was, I was saying this. You never guess who I was speaking to before the game. Any, any guesses? Anthony Sorry. Costa. Oh, you got it in one, bruv. You got it in one. All right. Sending love to Costa, as always. But we had to have a little rant about Romero. and um, But I think that Conte gave, gave it away yesterday. He said that, um, you know, he couldn't trust. He doesn't trust Doherty right now. And, he, you know, Spence is a prospect. And then he said that Brian Hill was the first attacking option on the, that would be on the bench, which I think kind of gave it away to me, which meant they, they was going to play 3-4-3 three, three again, you know, and Romero was going to play because he's suspended in the league. He's not suspended in the cup. So um, I'm, I was a little bit disappointed that that, that was, you know, that he – I felt that we could have given Spence a go. Um but I totally understand it. I totally understand what he's doing. He kind of gave uh, Royale the opportunity to kind of give something back after that red card and after that performance on Sunday. Um, like Darren was saying, it, what he, he didn't really pull up any trees, but at least it was an improved performance on Saturday, you know? Um, so, yeah, with the starting 11, I was, I, I was hoping that maybe he would have chucked Basuma in there. Maybe would have, we would have gone 3-5-2. But like I said, he gave it away for me in the press conference when he said that Hill was going to be the first attacking option. I knew that Richarlison, Sonny and Kane were going to play. So, no, it didn't really surprise me, Chris. What did you make of those comments, though, Ricky? Because Conte on Brian Hill, he said... He's our first option for our attack because Kulishevsky and Mora are out. We wanted to see him go out on loan to Valencia, but for many circumstances, the situation has changed. I trust him. One hand, he's saying he wanted him to go out on loan, but on the other hand, he's saying he's trusting him. What, what, what do you believe? It's, it's Conte chess. It's a bit of both. Um, I, I think he's been, he's, he's, he's been very kind of open with the whole Brian Hill situation. <laughs> I think we all can see, and, and this, is, this is what went against Brian today when he came on the field, but it, it's, he's easy to push off the ball. And the first thing that happened is he was trying really hard. He done a little wriggle on the right-hand side, and then the Frankfurt guy just pushed him out of the way and, and took the ball off of him, and then they were on an attack. Do you know what I mean? So I, 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 think, that, um, I think that he's truthful. I think that he, I, we all know that he was looking for a loan... Um, to go back to Valencia so that he could continue his development or to, con to continue his growth. But we didn't get the, the, the person in that could cover that position and make it because he wants two in every position, doesn't he? So, you know, he's got to say that he trusts him because he's part of the Tottenham squad right now. But at the same time, he knows that he has to develop. So, look, he, he's got some minutes tonight. I, I kind of like what Conte said um, in the previous, uh, in, the, in the press conference building up to this. When he was basically saying, you know, trust me, you know, the, I, I'm going to make the decisions. Trust me, uh, you know, I've, I've won everywhere I've gone, and we'll get it right. And I kind of, I kind of like that he he gave that straight line to all of us fans to kind of let us know where he's standing. The same way he's straight with 
the boys in training when they, when they are playing when they ain't playing. He's kind of he was straight with the fans as well, and it's like, look, fans can think what they want to think. They're always going to have that opinion because we live and breathe the the Tottenham Hotspur and anything to do with that team. Uh, but he sees them on training, and we've got to trust his judgment. And I kind of thought, you know what? Cool, I like that. So um, I think he was playing Conte chess with with uh, Brian Hill, and I think he was pretty truthful. He wanted him out on loan, but he, at the same time, if he's got to put him on the field, he trusts him to do the, to, to do a job. Craig, let's come to you. If, if he would have crushed him, Craig, let's come to you on that same subject. Uh, as Ricky mentioned, there, Conte said the fans have to be fans; they can think everything. Uh, but I see every day what happens during the training session. I try to do my best. My choices are mine. If I decided to pick one player, it's because he's not ready. Um, talking about uh, Spence, that was. And then he went on to say, I tried to pick the best team. Also, Doherty last season played every game. Now I'm not seeing him in the right way to start the game. I'm not stupid. Uh, I don't want to lose. I try to pick the best team. What do you make of this right wing-back situation? I cannot believe on yet another episode we are talking about the right <laughs> wing-back situation. It's, it's just like a given. Um, and even a comment on screen now from uh, 2000 GT, stats show a majority of the attacking moves come down uh, the right. How are Spence Doherty swapping Perisic or Forster? Uh, not a better option than Emerson Royale. <laughs> Forster. <laughs> it's, it's right. And Arsenal targeted our, our right-hand side, didn't they, on Saturday? So, you, you know, they, they can... When the opposition sees where your weaknesses are, you know, that, that speaks volume. So I might, I don't know whether this is a bit of stubbornness from Conte or, you know, saying essentially, look, I'm going to do it my way no matter what, which, which you know, I've got time for. I get that. That's what he's paid the big bucks for and he won't bend to pressure. But, you know, I, I personally have been banging the drum as well. Like a lot of people on, on wanting to see Jed Spence. Of course, we don't see him in training. You know, is he is he ready? But for me, throw him in the last half hour of a game and let, let the fans see what he's like. He can't be any worse than Emerson Royal. I'm sorry. It, it, yeah. I'm sure Emerson's a lovely chap and he's a great athlete, but he's just not the answer down that right-hand side. And, you know, if Conte says Doherty's not fit enough, I mean, he didn't have a great entrance on uh, on Saturday, did he? He did play a dodgy ball across the box. But, you know, it wasn't an easy game to come into. Um I want to see Jed Spence have a run. I really want to see Jed Spence have a run because, because I, for, for me, it, and I said this on you know another pod a few weeks ago, if Conte's system is all about the wing-backs getting forward, back and forward, you, we've lost 50% of that with playing Emerson. Does that make sense? Because you've got Perisic doing it and you've got Sessignon doing it to a certain degree. But on the right-hand side, you're losing 50% of that creativity. There's not much coming through the middle because we don't play with a three in the middle. That's fine. If you've got a Madison or an Ericsson or something like that in the middle, that's fine. But he said that's where the creativity is coming from. And Emerson Royale is not a creative player, and he never will be a creative player because he's just not got in the locker. You can't you – know, I, I truly think to be a wing-back, it's very specialist role. You're either kind of got that natural ability to play a wing-back. You can, you can teach somebody to play it to a degree, but they're never going to be as good as somebody who plays it naturally. And Jed Spence is a natural wing-back, and we've got, got him at the club. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, which I've always said you can't mark pace. He's skillful. I've seen enough of him to think he deserves a chance, and I personally think 
that he's got to give Spence a chance. He says he ain't ready, but sh- let the fans see it. Let, if he comes on and has a shocker, at least the fans will go, okay, fair enough. You know, but give give the boy a chance because <clears throat> you, I, th- I think it's getting to a point now where you got to all right. Perhaps not. You could argue tonight nil nil. We didn't concede, but it's just not good enough. That creativity is not coming from that side, and we, we've. I, I think that's a ma- that's going to be a massive, massive thing going forward. Massive thing, especially you know Brighton ain't no mugs. They're going to be tough on Saturday. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I thought Emerson actually done all right tonight. Darren, what do you think? I mean, he was functional, you know. I'm, I, I just, I just think he's weak, and I would echo, I would echo what Craig just said. You know, for me, a wing back is Simon Davies, it's um, Carl Walker, it's Danny Rose. That's that's isn't. I mean, if they're not a wing back, they're just a midfielder. Isn't a wing back's job to bomb down and beat players? And Perisic does it all right. He's 33, 34 now. Um, you know, and he does like his step overs. But with on the right-hand side, you just don't get that. And I completely agree with Craig. Like, he's not 16 or 17. He's 22. Like, give him half an hour. Start. And if he's if he's getting mullered by um, uh, on the right-hand side, then take him off. But, you know, at least let him have a go. I just, I don't get it. And, you know, all right, Royal, he didn't balls up massively. But he, he, there was, what was I writing? Yeah, the, he, there was a few incidents that, that he... I mean, he, he was playing higher up the pitch, which is good. He was getting in positions. He was he was getting into their box more. But he was also um, getting beaten and making wayward passes. Like, I, I don't think he brings a lot to the party. I really don't. And I, I like Craig said, I'm, I'm frustrated that... that you know, if, if you've made a point of... Um, I don't know whether it was Paratici or who uh, uh, earmarked Jed Spence, but if you've made the effort to sign him... Play him, otherwise it just doesn't make sense. Might as well sign me and stick me on the bench. Doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Jed, Jed Spence is a club signing, though, Darren. Right. It's not an Antonio Conte signing. Yeah, yeah, but he signed off on it. He he, he did say in that same interview that he, he would said, not yeah, okay. have... No, but he but but they have picked Spence out. And uh, Ali Golder said this that he, you know, they've kind of pinpointed him, and he's ticked every box that Conte wants. And he might not be at the level that Conte wants right now, but he is a player that ticks every single box that he's looking for, and he's going to develop into that player. But he did say he would, he wouldn't take a player. He, he, he would, a player can't be forced on him. He did green light it. He did look at it, and he said, "Okay, cool. Yeah." He said, "Okay, cool." But if he didn't want him. And if he wanted somebody else, and he, and it was a choice between Spence and somebody else, he would have made that clear. Conte's no fool. He's, he's and, and we know, especially when it comes down to the transfer period, in his previous clubs, he, he he's no fool. He understands what the club is. He understands what's going on. And he's looked at it and gone, okay, cool. It, it, yes, bring him in. And he was hoping, and I think we were all hoping, that maybe one more was going to come in to be the first team right back, uh, right wing back. That didn't happen. We're, and now we've got to rely on the ones that are in our squad, i.e. Emerson Royal and uh, Doherty. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, Conte no, said in his... Yeah, no, sorry, bud. Uh, Conte said in his press conference that, um, I think if you say now, we have to take, take, next, take steps and have patience. If you compare Champions League with the Europa League or Conference League, it's completely different. You have to play with your strongest eleven. And it makes it difficult to 
make changes, I think he, I think he means there. So, obviously, whether you take that as from the start of the game or during the game, he, he obviously doesn't trust certain players. I mean, we haven't even spoke about Saar, have we? We haven't even seen him. We talk about Spence. We haven't even seen Saar and what he can do. Mm. You know, so he's on the. He might they, these players might be on the bench, but he's, he's clear he doesn't trust them for whatever reason. Don't know why. Darren, do you think Emerson Royale has improved since last season? I mean, tactically, I mean, he was getting up higher higher at the pitch today. So it was it was it was I'll, I'll give him that and he was he spent more time on the ball but no I don't think he's I mean we when we went to uh, Chelsea we saw him getting destroyed you know at, um, uh, at the bridge but like I said I just don't I just don't see what he offers and I, and I, and I think you even if you gave him a season or two seasons I don't I don't think we're going to get a tune out of him I just don't think that that he, that he is he offers uh that traditional ring wing back role, I just I just don't see it. I don't think he's got the pace. I don't think he's strong enough. I, I, I'm fed up of seeing him get the ball nicked off him or getting wayward passes. I know I don't. You know, I just I just really don't see what he brings to the party. I'm sorry. I don't. I, if, if if he went, we wouldn't miss him. We really wouldn't. And you know what, Spence, Spence would have probably put, you know, those three chances that, you know, the, the ball over from Dyer and it fell to Emerson Raw. I think yeah. he had like two or three chances. Look, man, like I, yeah, I'd put my money on Spence putting one of those away. Do you know what I mean? Just because naturally he, he likes to strike the ball. Naturally, he enjoys scoring and, and can do that. that. That's, you know, part of his game. So I hear what you're saying, Dal. But it was we an improved performance today, Chris. With those comments, Ricky, from Antonio Conte in the week about Jed Spence and about Matt Doherty, how do you think that they're feeling right now? Because they, you know, every player goes on social media. They know how the fans feel. Uh, you know, there is a lot of flack for Emerson Royale. How do you think those players are feeling, thinking that, um, you know, Emerson Royale is better than me? Well, I mean... That, that, that's when the ego comes in, isn't it? But, you know, there's been a big clamour for Spence, like you say, online. Um, a lot of the fans are calling for him. So he knows that we've kind of got his back and we're, and we're shouting in his corner for him to get some game time. So I suppose that's an encouragement. At the same time, I'll take into account what Perisic said about the younger players or the newer players that have come in. You know, you, you've got to realise you're at a bigger club. And, and this is what we have to shift as well. This is what the players are doing. Their mentality is trying to shift into that bigger club mentality. And us as fans, we're trying to get into that bigger club mentality as well. Where, where, where it's not about dropping a player, it's about rotating. It's about this, you know, like, so, um, you know, Perisic was saying that once those young players kind of keep working hard and, and wait for your chance, but when you come in, you've got to take your chance. You've got to play well. You've got to be ready. But it does take a minute. Perisic, as an example, you know, when Conte got hold of Perisic first time, he didn't want nothing to do with that wing-back role. So ended up going to Bayern for a year. It's, you know, ended up smashing it there and came back and was, you know, his head was better. He had a better understanding of the position and then started to smash it week in, week out for Inter. So I, I think that as an example, we can give to those young ones. And I don't think Spence would be demoralised. I think it's just more the kind of step up and the understanding of a Conte system. With, with I mean, with the comments about Doherty, it can only motivate, but 
I, I'll tell you what, like, you know, I, I've said it many a time and I don't want to just get on his back all the time, but I don't really believe in him. He had four to five great games, really good games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. above average games. But for two and a half seasons, I saw absolutely nothing. Emerson Royale, in his defence, we've only had him one season and a couple of months. Do you know what I mean? So if you're going to be calling for Doherty's name when he was shocking for two and a half seasons and then he comes in and plays four games that were good, that looked good, then maybe we can give Emerson a little bit more time. Well, we're going to have to until January anyway. So we're going to have to try and encourage him to kind of give a bit more but you know you've seen his attitude in trying to spend a million pound and like I said to you the other day I hope he's got his receipts but you know he spent a million pound on improving himself and studying um, Hakimi so let, let's that, see if that, that... Uh, Ricky what would you spend a million pound on say that again yeah so Emerson Rolls spent a million pound on uh, coaches and a scout in um, a, a scouting report on uh, Hakimi from PSG to improve and to fulfill the right wing back slot to Conte standards. So he's, wow. he's actually paid from his own money to try and improve himself, which you've got to kind of applaud. You've got to say, okay, oh. he's trying to put his best foot forward. It might not be happening right now, but from that shocking performance on, on Saturday to today's performance, we've seen at least a, a bit of a bounce back, a bit of pride about him to go, I want, I want to do the best that I can. It might not be the best for us, but it's the best that he could put forward. And let's hope that those steps can go that way. I actually do see some improvement in Emerson Royale. I really do. And I know that's going to be an unpopular opinion. Um, oh, so what did you see? What did you see, Chris? Oh, hold on, hold on. Come on, come <laughs> no, on, because, Sunshine. Because, because even, even before the matches now and the player warm-ups, um, he is doing a lot more. Um, you know, they were they were having him practicing crossing. Uh, now they've got a, um, one of the coaches in front of him. Now, now he's got to take him on and now cross the ball, etc. But in the opening 15 minutes, a couple of incidents. Craig, let's come to you on this. In the sixth minute, a ball played over. Uh, it bounced. Emerson Royale hit it, uh, hit it, uh, hit it over the bar. He should have got it on target. Yes. But in the 15th minute, I tell you what, I smiled at this incident because I haven't seen it ever before. When Emerson made his uh, debut at Crystal Palace under Nuno Espirito Santo last year when we lost 3-0, um, made his debut and I, and I said instantly, this guy just cannot take a, a man on. And I've never seen him take a man on. Every, every single time he gets up to uh, a player, he then looks to pass it inwards or backwards. And I don't like to see that because, you know, particularly that he's Brazilian, he's meant to be a flair player, which all of them are. Um, you know, to not take a player on, it's not good enough. You know, certainly in that position, what Antonio Conte expects. But in the 15th minute, Emerson actually went to take a player on, put the ball past the player, and he got elbowed in the face. He didn't do it after that. But I love to see that. Craig, we want to well, see yeah. What, the elbowing in the face? I think, yeah, definitely. Chris, Chris, I, isn't it saying something where he, he beats a man once and, and you lose your shit? <laughs> exactly, because the amount of games I've seen him and, I, and I'm shouting out loud, take the player on, take the player on. And the fact that he actually took the player on, yes, I got excited. That says a lot, <sighs> doesn't it? Well, yeah. It does. Well, it, it, it's um, I'm 
I'm in the but camp. In, I, there, I, there, I, there, there are small improvements. Small improvements. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, uh, I, I do get what you're saying, but I think the wing-back role, it's easier to turn a winger into a wing-back than a right-back into a wing-back. Because the, when you're a wing-back, the, the wing part of it, you've, I think it's easier, <laughs> having played football, I would say it's easier to be a winger to, the, than, a, than a defender. I, I speak from experience in that. In that I love going forward. I hate, I, I hate defending. So it's easier to teach the... Um, uh, the defensive part you could kind of get away with, do you know what I mean? But when you're on your own and you're trying to cross the ball, does that make sense? I probably haven't explained that very well. But if it comes naturally to cross the ball and beat a player, it's easier to do that than, you know what I mean? I might be talking rubbish, but that's how I see it. And I think I don't think you'll ever teach him or he'll be able to learn that role because it's just not a natural thing for him to do. I think he's a much better right back if we were just playing four across the back and he didn't have to get forward that much. I think he'd probably just be a fine, solid right back, but that's not the job we want him to do. And as Ali Gold said, the best you're going to get is a corner, literally, when he goes forward and crosses the ball. And, and it's just not good enough when you've got a ready-made person in Spence on the bench. And I'll keep banging the drum for Jed Spence because I can't see he can be any worse than, than Emerson Royale. I, I, I just, I, I get what you're saying, Chris, that he... He beat a man, excellent. Um, but I just don't think we, see, I don't think we see enough of it, and I don't think we ever will. I, I just it's one of the highlights of my trip. Yeah, well, I, you know, when you look at the, I mean, poor bastard. Again, you know, he went to Wren. That was terrible. You know, you haven't seen us win in the last was it twenty twenty one of the last games. It's madness. Uh, it, it's madness. What did you prefer? Emerson beating that man once or that lovely brat verse that you have? <laughs> oh, that looked nice. I'll tell you what, if, if, if people have never been to Germany, when you come to Germany, uh, the sausages, the curry verse and all of that, yeah. unbelievable. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Um, well, also in the 18th minute, Emerson uh, blocked a shot. Which uh, I thought defensively, <laughs> defensively I thought he played well today. Um, Darren, you got any more to say on Emerson? Um, no, I mean I think it's been said. You know, a, a wing back's role it, 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 and please correct me if I'm wrong it, is to is to run and and beat your man and get a cross in. That's that's what they're that's what they do, and we haven't seen that with him. It's is you know it maybe he's a right winger and he's not a wing back. I mean. You, you could argue um, that Perisic on, on the left-hand side isn't really doing his job. He seems to, in the final third, if, if, he, if he receives the ball in the final third, he'll do his step over, step over, step over, run and get a nice cross in. But any deeper, he hasn't got the legs to, to beat his man on the left-hand side. I think we miss that. We, we miss those... Uh, th there you go, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so um, I, I think we missed that on the left and the right, to be honest. And when Sessignon came on, at least he's got um, at least he's got a marathon hangover. You'll have to excuse. He still thinks he's crossing Tower Bridge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we missed that on the le on the left hand side as well. Actually, I think that uh, Sessignon has got the legs. I don't think Perisic has got the legs. That's great. Ricky, let's come to you. Um, in the 25th minute, um, Richarlison played in Hunmin Son. He crossed. No one there. Um, Harry Kane uh, seemed to run too early. What did you make of 
Harry Kane and Hunmin Son tonight? Uh, <clears throat> I, I think that the whole front three were, were trying and it was trying mm. to work this link up. I think, um, you know, I saw a lot of Richarlison defending. Um, I think that Harry Kane and Sonny, they, they were finding a couple of touches here and there and they were finding their kind of telepathic link up. But it, 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 would, it would be cut out or it was a little bit too long or a little bit too short. It's just that final bit right now. It's just that tweaking. And I don't know, I don't know whether they were so determined to bounce back from the weekend that everybody was kind of on edge and snatching at the chances rather than doing what they normally do. You know, we, there was a point where we saw uh, Harry Kane take the uh, ball down, turn and shot. And, you know, I mean, just because it's, it's just normal. He knows where the goal is. He knows where it, 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 it's just a natural thing to do. And that was slightly off itself, you know. Um, it's Sonny as well. When when Perisic had that chance that ended up trickling onto the post, it was almost like he, he stood still for too long. I felt that if he would have, like, almost chased it in, he could have been there for a tap-in or, he, you know. So, there was that. it's just this little, it's just this final bit. But to me, the most important thing tonight and the most positive thing tonight was the mentality, was the want, was the desire. You know, even up into the 93rd minute, there was desire to, to get a winner. We, we didn't sit back. We, we didn't hold on. We didn't play that possession play and, and, and run the clock down or anything like that. We were going for it. Even with Brian Hill in the side, we were going for it. Do you know what I mean? And we did try to make those opportunities work. There were a couple in extra time between the boys, uh, Kane, Kane and Son, that was just, again, just, just, just missed it or... Just slightly, slightly a fraction out, you know, um, whether that be the pass or the move or, or the timing. So it's coming. The boys know each other inside backwards and they, they know when they're on song that the team's on song. We, and also, uh, Kulazewski being out has shown us how important that that, that that gentleman is to our side. You know, yeah. when he came in in January, he changed him and him, him and Benton Kerr, but. When he came yeah. in in January, he totally changed the way that we played and he cho- totally changed the, the dynamic of, of, of how we played and how we progressed that ball forward. And him not being able to be on, on the right wing in the 4 3, four, three, four three, goodness gracious, um, uh, affects, affects that, that uh, formation and those tactics. I think he's been dynamite the games that he's played this season for us. I think he's ripped people apart. I think he looks dangerous on every foot. I think whether it's a an assist or a shot or a cross, he's been there for it. And I think that we are really seeing how much we're missing the front three of Sonny, Kane and Kulazewski. Sonny and Kane will find it. They will find it. They, they showed tonight that they had the attitude and the mentality to try and find it. It's just that little bit. Now they have to get fed up, fed up and a bit angry and be like, you know what? Oh, you know what? This is over. I, I'm, I'm fed up of this drought. Let's make this happen now. Look, this is, but I think that this is, their tension is snatching. And, and that's what's happening right now. I did, I did think, I've got to say that there were a couple of nice moves, like dummies, like uh, yeah. Sonny, like leaving it. And that, so the, um, all that sort of stuff, I don't know whether that's training ground stuff or what. So there were elements of, um, what are I, dumb, dumb, yeah, there was a dummy from Son and then uh, a shot that went wide from Kane. So there were there was a little bit of, <laughs> there was a little bit of that going on. Um, 
but it, it was just the final pass, the final, you know, yeah. shot that didn't happen. But there was some really nice intricate play, you know, training ground stuff, which which was, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was promising, but it was just that final final ball, as you say, as you say, you know. Craig, let's come to you. Um, Barry writes on screen now, Son and Kane were dreadful. Basic passing was dreadful. None of you have said about the miss Son chances. Um, now, in the 28th minute, um, Harry Kane um, played in, turned, shot wide uh, of the left post. Then in the 40th minute, uh, Hunmin Son threw, tried to uh, put it in the top uh, corner, wide and off target. We had opportunities in that first half, but we just couldn't get the ball on target. Didn't have a shot on target in the first 45 minutes. No, no. I mean, I didn't think Kane was that bad, actually. I thought he was okay. I thought he was trying to link up play like he normally does. There was, Like Darren said, there was a few good little slip passes there, uh, step overs and stuff. So, I didn't think he, he was that bad. So, Sonny... Um... Talking about us. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sonny wasn't particularly good again tonight, which is a bit of a worry. Again, I still think he's trying too hard. Um that one you were talking about, obviously we all know he should have just hit the target. He seemed to be just going for the top corner all the time rather than rather than just trying to hit the target, which, you know, probably more times than not comes off for him, but obviously didn't tonight. So you could see he was getting a bit frustrated again. It goes through your head as a, as a striker like that. You know, you, you think you're over the worst of it, you get the hat-trick and then couple of games go by and, you, and you're not scoring again and, it, you know, the demon starts to creep back in. So I don't care how much you get paid or who you are, it, it, it affects you like that, you know, and that will have affected him tonight because he knows he should have had a couple of goals tonight. Um, but it was disappointing in the final third because that's, let's face it, that's the strongest part of our squad, isn't it? The, the front three, front four, however you want to look at it get the ball to them, you think, well, we're at least going to have shots on target. And again, like you say, we didn't we didn't have any in the first half. So, a bit, bit of a worry. Should have killed the game off. Um, but at least we were creating the chances where we weren't on, on Saturday. So, um, it, it, it's funny, isn't it? You've said on here, Chris, many times that, you know, we haven't quite hit our stride and we were winning games. Are we going to be absolutely electric once it all clicks, you know, once everything comes together? Um you think it's coming, and then the next game we play like we did against Arsenal. You know, and when when I watched, I don't know if anybody watched match of the day Saturday. I watched, um, or was it Sunday? I can't remember. But when when you watch Manchester City play and the way Harlem plays, I mean, it's just so good. Some of the goals they scored, and you think if that had been City playing them tonight, they would they would have beaten them three four nil. And that that's where the difference is. You know, it shows how far we are behind teams like Manchester City. Mm. You know, and that, that, that's the difference, isn't it? Since the um, Arsenal defeat of the weekend, which I know is all, you know, is, is very, very difficult for all of us to take. There has been a lot of negativity amongst the Tottenham fans. And a lot of people are saying that Spurs are quite boring to watch at the moment. How, how do you, what do you think about that? Spurs to me, are boring with that, Chris. Um, any, any of you? Uh, I, I think we are. If, if I'm honest, there are times when I think we are boring to watch. I can't stand it when we sit back and hit them on the counter-attack, albeit when the counter-attacks come off, it's like, wow, you know. But it's happening less and less. I personally, I preferred, preferred and I hate to harp on about uh, it, but 
peak potch. I liked the way we kept control of the ball and created and fast. Yeah. Everything was fast. Everything seemed faster. Um, I prefer that type of football. I prefer that free-flowing football. Now, Conte says he's not a defensive manager, doesn't he? You know, and we have scored a, a shed load of goals this year. But it's funny. We may have scored loads, but it doesn't seem like we're on the front foot all the time doing it. You know, it's a it's a very strange one for me. I don't particularly like Conte's style of football, but it's been working. So I'm kind of kind of caught, but I still think three and you know we need three in the middle with a creative midfield. I just like prefer that way of playing myself, but that's just me mm. personally. How do you feel, Darren, watching Spurs? Like when you when you switch the TV on, the game's starting. Do you feel really excited? Do you think you're going to see exciting well, attacking football? Well, I think um, what one thing that was pleasing today, which um, was that we came out and we attacked them from minute one. Like as soon as Dyer played those cross balls to Royal, um, and we we saw, you know, you could see it visually that, that we were higher up. We didn't sit back. I thought oh, that's because we're so used to not playing for twenty, twenty-five, thirty minutes. You know, and I just don't get it. I mean, like Craig says, we have been scoring goals and we've been beating teams. You know, um, Leicester. Um, Southampton, but I'm just fed up of this. I, you know, there are some teams that you've got to surely come out the blocks. We should have done it with Arsenal and we didn't. And that is frustrating. You know, I don't get why we don't play for 20 minutes. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. And in terms of the, the style of football, there is an argument to say that we're no better off than when Jose, Jose played, because that was his tactics. We'd sit back and we'd have one defence splitting pass over the top or the ball would come to Kane and he'd let Sonny in or vice versa and we could hit him on the counter-attack. So you could argue, what's the difference between Jose and Conte? Is there one? It's the same It's the same theory, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Rick, let's come to you. Can I jump in on that? Go on, go on, go on. I would say, let's look at the, the end of last season, those last those, those last five, six games when we was on the road to trying to get Champions League. That was some exciting football. The boys were on it. There was a mission, and that, that was exciting. You could see how that formation ca- could be exciting. When we played against Southampton, obviously first game of the season, we went through the gears really, really quickly, and we got into top gear in the first half, and we were all over them. So much so that the opposition manager, Hassan Hartle, had to come out and go, you know, when they switched the levels, I couldn't handle them and the team couldn't handle them. And then we didn't see it for a while. We do have a trait within us at the moment where we have these sleepy starts where, like like the boys were saying there, that, like, you know, for the first 20 minutes, it's slow. It's it's Everything is, like, it's backed off and we're, we're encouraging them to come on to us so that we can counter-attack or chuck a ball over. But I think it's it's been a tough couple of games, okay? But I think that the the true Tottenham we haven't seen yet, because everything about his system is attacking. There's only about three players that are defending really. There'll be Dyer, and then there'll be Bentancur or Hoyerberg that'll be really defending. But you'll see Romero when he's on form, he's flying up the pitch. He's crossing over with the right wing back. The same as the left centre-back. He's looking to cross over it and provide more width on that side or get a ball over the, the, the top and, and kind of support the midfield. Then we've got the front front three as well that are all on attacking, plus two wing-backs that are supposed to be attacking as well. 
So when the game actually does click, it isn't. It's all out attacking formation. But it's this thing that I think that Dyer said the other day. He was asked, you know, like, you know, why did you play defensive, uh, or why did you sit back? And he was like, you know, you know, they, the question was, did Conte ask you to do that? And he was like, no, like Conte wanted us to press and push up and press high. And so we've done this a couple of times under a couple of managers where we've, where even Mourinho said it at times where he was like, no, I didn't yes. tell him to sit back and park I was, the bus. I was going to know, my, But was, they, that's what they ended up doing. I think that comes down to a mentality and I think that comes down to fear and I think that comes down to to comes down to a shit Wi Fi connection, doesn't it? <laughs> well I was gonna ask I was gonna ask you, Ricky, if this isn't a mandate, if this isn't something that Conte has told told the team to Go do down, I can't the hear. Um, then 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 yeah. where does it come from? Like why yes. why for a for season oh there you go. Um it's got to be <laughs> in the fucking meter, isn't he? Um if this if this doesn't come from from Conte, like as if the, if the, if what Dyer's saying is correct, like this isn't a tactic, this isn't um a mandate that's come from him, then what where where does it come from? Why are we not playing for twenty five minutes? Why where I don't it's get a, it. It's a, it's a weird one, Darren. Everyone used to get on Jose Mourinho's back, you know, thinking he was telling the team to be really defensive, and he wasn't. Well, yeah. yeah. That's what I was trying to say when I didn't cut out. Sorry, guys, yeah. I'm on the Vega Wi-Fi. I didn't update my NordVPN, so give it, sorry about that one. So. Well, do you know, do you know, uh, Ricky, you said about um, attacking. Um, this is the half-time stats. Mm. Zero shots on target. Now, is this the under-21s? No, this is, <laughs> this is the stats after 45 minutes, right? Zero right. shots on target. And right. as Craig said, Antonio Conte said tonight, we need to be more clinical. That is a crazy statement, isn't it? When you've got Hunmin Son, Harry Kane and Richarlison all up front. Chris, they only had one shot on target in the first half. So it was a battle in the first half. And how many chances were created in that first half? Yeah, but I'm not going on about them. I'm talking about us. Yeah, but so did we not create chances in the first half? You know, so we created chances like well, we did, you know, but we're, we're not clean enough. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we've been saying this whole show about the team. You know, it's that final ball, it's that final pass, it's yeah. that final piece of the puzzle that we're missing right now. But I have faith in the boys that they're going to find it. Did I go? Yeah. I don't know. Craig, what do you what do you put it down to? Because you know, even even in that second half, uh, Arsenal at the weekend, no shots on target there either. It's a funny, it's a funny one, and it? it is a funny one. I mean, they they obviously, you know, they're professional footballers. They must do shooting drills and all and all this. And you know, you could see again a couple of the set piece plays today from corners. Obviously, Gianni Vio has been working them, with them on that, and they're not going to come off all the time, are they? You know, we know we know that, but he's just varying it up and having the options here, but. It is a bit of a worry when you've got four quality players like that up front when, when Kudushevsky plays as well. But, you know, there, there was a cross Sonny put across to Kane in the first half, the one where he, his knees got stuck in the turf. I actually thought he'd done himself a bit of a mischief there. But he only needed to slot it across. He obviously needed to 
slightly across with a bit of power. The defender would have just cleared it. But it was a simple, uh, as far as crosses go, I thought it was a fairly simple ball to put across. And he overhit it, he hit it about 100 mile an hour. And there was a couple of instances like that, you know. Um, so I don't, I don't know, is it a case of trying too hard? Is it feeling the pressure, which it sh- shouldn't be? You know, just let it come naturally. You know, they're, they're quality players. And they're obviously not doing this deliberately. <laughs> you know, that, that's the thing. I think, I think people sometimes, when you read on social media, it almost seems like, oh, they're playing shit deliberately. It's, it's not that. They they really are trying. Um, mm. I'm not, I, And, you know, as far as Conte goes, I'm not sure. He, he can only generally, he, he, you can't influence somebody that much when they're actually on the pitch doing it. If they're having a crap game, they're having a crap game, you know, you should get substituted or whatever. You know what I mean? Don't care who you are, Harry Kane or whatever. There was periods at the, towards the end of the game tonight, I thought Harry Kane looked knackered, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, whether he's tired mentally or whatever. I mean, he's only had a break for about 10, 15 minutes all season, isn't he? Is that, is that right? Even even with England as well. Yeah, so 12 minutes he hasn't played, yeah. 12 minutes, yeah. Yes. So, that you know, for... The sake of bringing in Richarlison was supposed to give Kane a bit of a rest. It hasn't happened, does it? Now, obviously, it doesn't help that Kulisevsky's injured at the moment. But I would question, would that happen even if he was fit? You know, it's, it's obviously wants Harry Kane to play every minute of every game. Um, but it's not going to be good. You know, he's just going to burn out. You know, you, you, having said that, is Harl, you know, is Haaland going to play every minute of every game? He possibly is, but... I don't, I don't know. It's a funny one, and it's a bit of a worry because you would think with that forward line we would we'd be a bit more clinical, and we we're not at the moment, are we? It's not just not just not quite clicking, and I'm not sure what what the uh, what the answer is there. Well, Antonio Conte describes the performance as positive uh, this evening. Um, Darren, let's come to you. Um, in the 51st minute, Hunmin Son to Perisic. He crossed, couldn't find Harry Kane. Uh, three minutes later, Richarlison to Hunmin Son. Good chance, put it wide again. Um, what did you make of Hunmin Son's performance today? Because, of course, he scored the hat-trick against Leicester, but quite quiet at the weekend. I don't know. Quiet tonight. Maybe he's just... The, 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 if you win the golden boot, the pressure's on you to sort of deliver that game after game, season after season. You know, he's... And he's He's got such a reputation now, but I mean, I don't know. He's a human being, you know. Maybe he's just overthinking, you know. Maybe he's just overthinking it too much. I don't know whether his dad's been on his back. I know that, you know, if you saw the documentary, you see what an important sort of role his his father plays. I don't know. This is pure speculation. Maybe his dad's getting in his head. I I, I really don't know. But it just seems that he's overthinking things now, and that. And that sort of sixth sense that we're used to, that sort of the no-look passes, you know, between Son and Kane are just really not happening now. And Christ knows, listen, I I don't know what goes on in the training pitch. I don't know what goes on inside his head. But, I mean, maybe it's just a case of him relaxing, enjoying his football a bit more and just letting it flow. Like, Like Craig said earlier, you know, rather than trying to aim for the top corner, just get the bloody thing on target, you know. Um, Yeah. Ricky, what did you make of Frankfurt tonight? I thought they were good. I thought they were good. I thought they put the, you know, they they went for it. Um, they play the same system system as us, and I, and you could see that they they're they're comfortable in that system as well. Um, both of their, I know they've lost Kostic, who's a dynamite dynamite left wing back. But um, <clears throat> they, they've got a system. They've got uh, um, the same way of playing, but they've got a young squad. They're hungry. They're strong. 
Um, they're technically good in 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 midfield as well as up front. So I think I think they done well, but I think it was a very much uh, it was almost a basketball game, but the scoreline was nil nil. So we was you know we, we was up and down, up and down, and you know they'd have five minutes, then we'd have five minutes, and then it's it 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 was one of those. But <clears throat> what I was really impressed about from from <clears throat> from our point of view was that we start we started that way and we started on a mission, and 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 we done that for the first half and the second half. We've seen a drop off. Whether we kind of play that 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 no football in the first half, go one nil down, or leave it nil nil and then come out and then be a second half team, or when we've gone, it takes a, it takes until we've gone one nil down for us to wake up. Well, the boys were on it today, and to me that just showed me a reaction from the weekend. You you were talking about the first half and and no shots on target in today's game. <laughs> which was the same as the weekend, but in the week at the weekend we didn't create that many chances. We we wasn't really up the field. The defense and the midfield couldn't really get the ball to our forward players. You know the Gooners cut us out at the right moments. Yes, we had a couple of chances, um, but nothing where we could be confident in saying we was going to go in there and and win the game. So um, I, you know, I think Frankfurt are a dangerous side. I think they're a good side. I think when. They're probably in a, the same position as us, in in a sense, in the German league, where they they're um you know they they're middle of the table, but they're trying to push and they're trying to challenge. I think they up. I, I can't remember what they, what position they're in right now, um. But they ended up beating uh, Union Berlin on the weekend, who's top of the league yeah. in, in in the Bundesliga right now. So um, they're a good side, and I felt that we went at them and they went at us, and it was a great battle. But I guarantee you. I got a feeling. I, I can't guarantee it, but I got a feeling. As soon as we get them back to White Hart Lane, as soon as we get them back to the Tottenham Stadium, that we'll be ready and and we'll win that game. Well, we'll look at the table in a second, um, Craig. Let's come to you. Brian Hill, um, of course, come on as a sub um, late on. Um, do you think that he will get minutes in the Premier League uh, in the next few weeks? Um, he probably will, as long as Kulishevsky and Mora stay injured. That's the, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Conte said the other day that he's the next attacking option. It seems like he's got this hierarchy that he's going to stick to rigidly. Um, and if one of them, uh, the front three, looks like the front three are going to start every game, Richarlison, Kane and Son, and Brian Hill's going to be a bit that bit part player to give one of them a rest if they get injured or just fancies making a change. So I think he will... Um, it was a difficult one for him tonight. He did look a bit lightweight, but you know, there's there's quite a few um, players of his stature out there that do absolutely fine. So I would like to see him what he can do. To be honest with you, I think he deserves a run. Mm. Darren, let's come to you. Let's look at the uh, the Group D table um, in the Champions League. Spurs are, are second in the table at the moment. We've played three. We've won one. We've drawn one. We've lost one. We've got four points. Frankfurt have also got four points in third spot. Uh, what have you made of Tottenham's campaign so far in the Champions League? Uh, because, of course, we lost to Sporting, we've drawn against Frankfurt and we beat Marseille. What have you made of our uh, campaign in the Champions League so far? And do you think that we will go through to the next stage? Well, I'm with um, uh, Ricky. I think that once we get them back to White Hart Lane next week, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we can beat them. I didn't find them... Uh, they were, I didn't think they were... Uh, 
that impressive. I think they did they did, did a good job. They did a good job. They shut us out, but uh, I didn't think they lit any fires, so to speak. So I think I'm pretty confident that we can win that. I mean, it's sort of slow and steady wins the race, really. I think I think um, our performance in the Champions League really echoes our performance in in the Premier League. You know, we're not lighting any fires. We're not, but we're we're doing a good job. I'm sure we'll get through this group. Touch wood, touch wood. I'm sure we'll get through this group, and then we'll see where we are afterwards but um it's weird we're there and thereabouts and yet we're not we're not pulling up any trees are we we're not we, i mean if we can if we can find this second gear and click on god knows what we can do you know but we're there and thereabouts and, and we're not we're, we're not doing that much i mean you know we've we battered um leicester and and yet and yet, you know, we, we can we can lose against Arsenal. You can throw in the towel against Arsenal, you know, in the 60th minute. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. If, if, if we all start to click and the front three players click and um, maybe you'll give Jed Spence a run out, God knows, then maybe we can, and Kuliszewski comes back. Do you know how long he's out for, by the way? A couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Well, if we get him back, you know, who knows? Maybe in a, you know, in a couple of weeks when we've got him back, we can kick on. I mean, it. You know, my glass is always half full. You know, let's 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 see where we are when, when we get in back. I, I think we'll get through this group and and um, and we'll kick on. Glass half full. I can't, I can't wait until the end. I'm asking you for the uh, prediction for Brighton. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Well, mate. <laughs> Rick, let's come to you. There's a comment on the screen now. This is exactly what I was going to come to. We should be dominating this group instead of it being an open group. Now, when the Champions League draw was made, everyone was so excited thinking that we were going to walk this group. It's not been so easy, is it? No, because uh, all, all, all of the sides that we're up against as well, they've got a kind of uh, a motivation to kind of... They're feeling the same as us. That you know, I think Marseille feels the same as us, where they could be top of the table and I think Frankfurt feel the same and I think Sporting are the underdogs but I think them themselves they feel that they've got enough in there to kind of get through the group so I think that kind of gives us it's an open balanced group Conte said it was a balanced group and I think that's what he meant by that but um, it's it's not a bad thing when we're under pressure in this group we've got three games left there's nine points up for grabs yeah and you know when we've been in the Champions League before there's been times where after three games in the Champions League, we have to do something in the next three to kind of qualify or get through and put the pressure on. And and sometimes, that's, well, the majority of the time, it's got the best out of us, you know. And and we've gone on and we've gone and then after the group stage, then we kick on through the through the, the knockouts, you know. So um, I think it's a good thing that there's pressure on us, and I think there's a good thing that there's a big pressure on us to win next week against Frankfurt. And to go at group winners of this group or second and qualifier, but either which way we're getting through, mate. Like we're getting through. The boys didn't work that hard all last season to, for us to get there and just kind of lay it all drop. They've done that before. They've been in the Conference League. If they want to go back to the Conference League, say so, boys. Say so because we can ship you out to West Ham if you want. Do you know what I mean? Like no drama. But like these boys, they want to be in the Champions League. They want to be in the big games. They want to be challenging for, for massive trophies and, and, and important things. Th this is your challenge. So the same way that we've seen a response today after the Gooners, where they had an opportunity not only to beat the league leaders at the time 
and but, but also to kind of show the rest of the league that we mean business. Well, the Gooners have done that right now because they, them beating us, they, they've gone to the rest of the league. Look, we mean business. We're the ones that can challenge Man City. It's the same way what we can. It's the same motivation that we can use from today and in this competition to bounce on and bounce forward. Do you know what I mean? We have to kick on forward. There was a massive change today. Uh, we've all said about the starts of games, and we've all seen it creeping in. But today we started on the front foot. Today we, we did press high. We defended high. We, offend, we, we defended aggressively. We attacked aggressively. You know, it was just that little bit. And uh, I, I've, got, I've got a really good feeling that it's coming. I can see us sitting back against Brighton, though. Brighton away. I can see the first 20 minutes, us just going, oh, for fuck's sake. But, I mean, I'd love to... Now, you said your glass is half full, Darren. <laughs> yeah. Five yeah. minutes ago. I know, I know. But I can just... I, I know, I know. I'm, 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 sc- I'm scared about the Brighton game. I'm scared about it. They've lost once this season. They've lost once this season, and, and they've, and they've, you know, they've been playing well. You know, to draw three all against against Liverpool, they've been playing well. But I just, I want to be proved wrong. I really do want to be proved wrong. If we can come out like we did tonight and start playing from the off, as Craig, as uh, Ricky said, then happy days. But I don't know. I don't know. Five. We're coming. Yeah. We'll come, we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Um, any players that we haven't mentioned uh, that deserve a mention tonight? Who are the standout players? Who would you give man of the match to tonight? Um, I, I thought Benton Kerr played very well tonight. I think Hoybier played very well tonight. So, for me, probably one of those two. Um, if you had to push me, I, I actually think um, probably Hoybier was... Just said, yeah, I've been to go, but really, there's not much between them to be honest with you. I thought they were quite solid tonight. Um, and everyone else, I think Romero had a bit of a scary moment there. There was a couple of times actually, he wasn't, it was like he, he just let the player go. Emerson, Jesus. Um, he, he took somebody on tonight. <laughs> um, um, no, I, I thought Emerson had a couple of wobbly moments. I thought Dyer was pretty solid. Uh, but, yeah, the two boys in the middle for me, either of them. Darren, who's your man of the match? Um, none of them, really. Emerson, um, uh, Hoiberg looks solid. Um, I, I'd agree with you. I like that uh, little, uh, was that that Cruyff turn he did? That was uh, that was quite, I got exci- as excited as when he did that, as you did when Emerson Royal beat one man. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought, I thought um, Hoiberg was quite solid. Can we just have a... Um, um, very quickly, I thought Larissa's distribution was dreadful tonight. Some of these kicks up in the oh, fucking hell. He doesn't learn, does he? It's a strange one. I'm, I'm such a massive fan of Hugo Lloris, and I just feel so disappointed sometimes when, yeah, when 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 incidents come into the game, which uh, it which it, which it shouldn't. Yeah. Um, frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that was a, a tangent, but uh, because I, I did make a note of that, like some of his, his, his clearances were just like woeful. Um, but yeah, as far as man of the match, yeah, I thought Hoy, uh, Hoyberg was quite good. No, no one played amazingly well, really. No one. Uh, yeah, glass no, half full. Yeah, glass half full. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, who would you give man of the match to? Um, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm with the boys, you know, the two boys in midfield. It, it, 
it was more of a team performance. It was more of a bounce back performance. And and where it was back and forth the whole game from the minute one to the ninety third minute, you know, you, you've got to give it to them two boys in the middle that that you know that not only protected but got that ball forward when they could. You know, they're interchanging as well with the defenders. When Romero would go up and Hoiberg or Bentico would come back to kind of cover it, or Dyer, when Dyer went up or when Lengle went up, the fact that those boys automatically switched into a defensive position to, to still give us a bit of shape, but still push us up the field, you know, they were, they, were, they were intelligent, they were energetic, they were on a mission the whole game. Um, so, yeah, either one of those boys. I think we could give it to Hoiberg for the little Zidane Cruyff turn there. You know what I mean? Like, why not? Why not? He's always there, plays every minute, has a, his heart on the sleeve. And, you know, he might not be bloody well a superstar. You know, he might not be Zidane in the midfield, but he is always there. You And he's always there to be relied on and, and to kind of, you know... Uh, and to, and, and to be the man to take some type of responsibility. So, let's give it to Hoiberg tonight. Lengley yeah. was solid, by the way. We haven't mentioned him, have we? I thought yeah, he, he had a good game. He was, he was good. He's growing into the game, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Better than Ben Davis? I prefer him, yeah, well, definitely. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, um, I want to I want to ask all three of you this question before we talk about the Brighton game on Saturday. Um, this week, particularly after the North London derby defeat, there has been so much negativity about our manager, Antonio Conte. Um, do you think it's fair? Are you surprised by it? You can't, you can't wave the white flag in a North London derby on 70 minutes, bro. You know, so at the same time that we have to accept him and trust in him and, and in the press conference that he's come out in, he's like, look, trust me, I'll make the decisions. The same way he has to respect that for us against them lot down the road, that you cannot concede. I don't care what the score is. How many times have we, has it been a 3-1 and we've brought it back to a 3-3 or, you know, some just amazing, crazy games out there. I know after the red card, he most probably thought, you know, let's let's save some of these legs for uh, Champions League and for next week. But, he look the same way that he's going to give out negativity to some of the some of the players for when they make a mistake is the same way that he has to kind of accept a little bit of a responsibility, especially towards the fans that you cannot wave the white flag on seventy minutes in a North London derby. So with that, I think it's fair, but also I think his response is fair, and um, I think that he's still the man to trust. I think that you've got to remember where we was. We wasn't even in the doldrums. We were we were at the bottom of the bloody well sea. Do you know what I mean? We were, we we were rocking rocking out with bloody Sebastian from the Little Mermaid. That's how far down we were. Do you know what I mean? So he's pulled us up. He's pulled us up, and there's no way that any of us really. Oh, I think it, I think there might have been one or two, and I think Darren Hart was one of them that predicted top four. You know, I, I was wishy washy last last year. You know, a lot of us were wishing, we don't know, we went week on week and we, we made those predictions. Yeah. But Conte, and he, he put the message into him and, he, and, and he, he rose the bar and he said, show me what you boys have got with the squad yeah. that we had at that point. And they showed up. And I think he's going to do exactly the same. Sometimes, you know, he, 
Look, he lost against the Gooners when he was when he was manager of Chelsea, and then went on to win the league. Yeah, it's about reaction. It's about you know seeing those mistakes, uh, trying to do something about it, and trying to improve every single day. And I, I believe that he will do that. So it's okay to have a little, you know, snipe at him a little bit and to give a bit back. But at the same time, I still 100% trust him to make the right moves and get us up into, into that big boy, you know, league and stratosphere. Craig, do you think it's fair, the criticism that um, Antonio Conte has received from the fans this week? I think there's an element that says that I think he's justified. I totally agree with Ricky. He clearly threw the towel in after 70 minutes and was trying to keep the game at, was it three by then? I think it was, um, which is, I wouldn't say it's unforgivable because I could kind of see why he did it. But for him, it was obvious the game had gone then and he was protecting players. (laughs) Personally, I thought, why not sling on Jed Spence then? You know, why, why, you know, if you think the game's gone, it can't get any worse, surely, you know, and he might do something and we might get back to three, three, two or whatever. And, and I don't know, but I, th- I think, you know, he gets paid the big bucks. We we essentially pay his wages. Don't forget that he's an employee at Tottenham Hotspur, but we essentially pay his wages. So we are allowed an opinion. And I think the majority of fans would probably think similar to what, and Ricky have said there, you know, it's almost unforgivable throwing in the towel in North London derby, isn't it? You know, it's the one game. But I get that. But last season, we would never, ever in a million years got top four without Antonio Conte. No, absolutely. And that's why I would never sit here and call for his head or anything like that. I still think he's the man that's going to take us forward. I still think he's the man to stick with. I know it's frustrating sometimes. I get frustrated with his tactics and the way he plays. I don't agree with what all he does, but I still think we've got one of the best managers in the world and we've got to stick with him and trust him. But it's so frustrating. I don't need to tell you this, Chris, because you've said it many, many times. We've gone to Stamford Bridge. We've gone to the Emirates. And we've 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 collapsed. We've fallen apart. We've played shit. It, it's just so soul-destroying because knowing... Do the players think like us thinking? Because I was thinking before that game, we're going to lose at the Emirates. I, just, I, I kind of knew it, you know. This is like for 30 years, though. For 30 yeah, years, it's... we've won once away at Chelsea and twice away at Arsenal. It's just, yeah, horrible stats. But, horrible. But kind, kind, kind of um, Arsenal have got the kind of same thing when they come to us. Haven't they? You know, you know that they that will be exactly the same when they come to our ground. They'll be thinking the same. They won't be coming to ours confident of a win, but they might be. But you know, realistically, that. But with Chelsea, it's completely different. I don't get that. I'd I'd love to. I think that needs a psychologist to, to. They could you could do an hour Amazon special on that about why we play crap at Stamford Bridge and why we play crap at the Emirates year after year after year. Um, it's a very, very strange one. But going back to Conte, I think some of the criticism was justified. I want to hear the crowd singing Antonio, Antonio again, because it brings everyone together. You know, I'm sure he loves that as well. That has dissipated the last few weeks. Um, But he's got to take the criticism. He's got to take it on the chin. I'm sure he will. But I think I would just say to everyone... um, that's remotely interested, just stick with it, stick with him and see where we are um, after the World Cup um, and see what we do in the transfer window, more importantly, because I think we will go in 
and get some more players in January. He's, he's actually said that. So I think we'll see some movement out and I think, think we'll see some movement in, in January. And I'm probably looking forward to a few podcasts around that time because I think we'll, our squad will look a little bit different come the end of January. Mm-hmm. Darren, are you surprised by the negativity uh, surrounding Antonio Conte this last week? Um, well, no. and I, I like uh, No, I'm not because... Um, we're used well we're not used to because we've had uh no and, and and jose but we want and we sort of expect as spurs fans a, a, a certain style of play and when we don't see that and like we we were discussing earlier on when we see ourselves not playing for 20 25 minutes 30 minutes and we go maybe go go a goal down and then see a reaction it's frustrating when we say you know so when we get a, a game like tonight where we um where we attack a, a team for, from uh, minute 1 it's the exception rather than the rule. So, um, I, you know, it's understandable frustration. You know, I mean, you know, you, you open your beer, you sit down and you think, oh, fucking hell, for 25 minutes, you know. Um, so I understand um, the frustration. Would I want to see another manager at Tottenham? Absolutely not. No, I think he's the right guy. But having said that, I just, I, I, as, as Ricky was saying, I'm just, I, I'm confused more than anything why we don't go after teams and just, you know, certain teams, certain games, while we don't just absolutely batter them for 20 minutes, see how many goals we can score, and then see what, what's going on. So, um, no, I don't want anyone else. But equally, I do get the fans' frustration. And I'm sure we all, as much as, you know, he's, he's our wizard, he's our magician, as we love to say on this podcast, it is, frust- it is frustrating. It is frustrating. I just don't see. I don't see when, when when we've got a squad like when we've got you know Kuliszewski, uh playing and you know we've got options on the bench. I just don't see why we can't just from minute one. It's it, it it's it's confu- it's a mystery more than anything. I just don't get it. I don't if, get if, it. If, if I'm honest, I am very surprised that we are in October now and Antonio Conte has not signed a new contract. I'm a little bit disappointed by that. I know that he. Uh, he's contracted uh, at Spurs until the end of this season with an option to extend for a further year. I would have hoped that that would have been uh, announced or confirmed by now. Ricky, are you worried about that? <clears throat> no, Chris, I've never been worried about the contract situation ever since he signed. <clears throat> Reason being that the contract doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to him. <clears throat> he's getting paid enough right now. Um, he's secure. And also, we also know that he has a reputation of leaving. Yeah, when he wants to leave, regardless of what the contract says. So I, I'm not worried about it. Uh, what I thought that contract was, um, was that both sides had to agree to the extension. But watching Ali Gold the other day, and he's reiterated this a couple of times, where it's down to the club. So Conte and his team have already, or, or, or have already agreed to an extension when the club are ready to trigger it. So the club can trigger it at any time. So there must be a reason for them. Maybe they're waiting. In, maybe they're just like concentrating on this first half of the season, get to the World Cup where, you know, not too much is going to be happening at Tottenham apart from working out what we're doing in January. Um, and so maybe they'll do it over Christmas. They'll trigger the extension or maybe they'll trigger it in January. But I, I have every, every faith that the club will trigger that extension. And then if there's a contract on the table for, for an extra couple of years, like a new contract with an improved uh, wage, etc., I expect that kind of to come in the summer. 
So if that comes and if Antonio Conte falls in love with us, um, then he will stay. If he believes in the project and, and believes that we're taking the right steps and going in the right direction and fundamentally that he can win with us, then he will stay. But if those things don't happen or if certain things don't click in the right place, then at least even on a club point of view, we, we will be in a better financial position if when he goes, we don't pay that much compensation or, you know, there ain't that garden and leave or anything like that. So it's, it doesn't worry me whatsoever. It's a bit like Harry Kane. Harry Kane has been linked with every club under the sun and there's been media outlets every single transfer window that have sold him, that have sold him to other clubs for years. For ye- after he was a one-season wonder, and then it turned out he wasn't. But every single season after that, he has been linked with everybody else. The, the latest being Bayern Munich. But the way I feel about it is, if he's got, if Harry Kane's got a cockerel on his chest, then he's playing for us and he's with us. And it's the same way I feel about Antonio. While he's got a cockerel on his chest, he's with us. Enjoy him, support him, you know, like roar for him, keep singing that Antonio song, cheer the boys on. Let's get up, let's get up, and let's get up like Antre, uh, like Frankfurt did tonight, and and be that twelfth man because Chris, you was witness to them giving energy and power to Frankfurt tonight when when they needed it when they were tired. So we've seen it work for us too. We we done it against the Gooners last year. When when the, when we when the crowd need to turn up, they turn up. But it's time to start roaring these boys on and and roaring Antonio on and let him fall in love with us and that contract will be signed in, in no time. I wouldn't stress about it. And if he goes, he goes. It doesn't matter whether we offer him a contract or not. So honestly, there's nothing to worry about. Can I can I ask a question? Uh, you know the hundred hundred and fifty million that um uh, Enoch gave us. How much have we how much have we, have we spent? How much is, is that is still that that boost? Do you know? I, I think it was around 120 with with Romero, I think, or without Romero. But at the same time, we've still got enough in the pot to go again in January. There shouldn't be no excuses in January. There's, there's at least 30 to 50 mil there for us to use, from what from what I remember. But Chris is the tra- transfer guru, isn't it? So. Well- just, just, just very quickly before we go on to the Brighton subject, um, let's just go round all three of you. What do you expect in the January transfer window, Ricky? Let's start with you. I expect at least, um, at least two. What? Look, they have to sign somebody, even if that's a winger, to let Brian Hill go back out on loan, yeah, so that we have another forward option. But we know that there's that there's gaps in our squad. If in January they can do a deal for Bastoni, and I don't want to rear everybody up and get everybody excited, but if they can do it in January, I believe that they will make it happen, even if he doesn't actually turn up for Tottenham until the summer. If they can do that deal, I think they'll do it. Uh, I think they're going to see where the gaps are, and I think they're going to try their best to improve the squad, whether that be a creative midfielder, whether that be getting rid of uh, Emerson Royale and Doherty and bringing in somebody else on that right wing that uh, right wing back that can be trusted you know but those those little gaps whether it be creative or whether it be right wing back or whether it be left centre back I see them making a move or two you think we're going to teach him to take a man on and then sell him (laughs) you're having a laugh (laughs) well you know I'm just saying I'm just I'm just you know I mean we can see the improvement you know by January he might be worth 50 mil Chris 
with the, with, with, you know, taking on the men. You forgot he blocked the shot as well. Like you mentioned that earlier. That's, there you that's go. an extra there two mil. 52 mil we could get for him in January. There you go. Um, Craig, let's, let's come to you very quickly and then we'll talk about Brighton on the... Uh, on transfers, do you expect uh, much activity in January? Because it's it's a difficult month to get deals done. Yeah, it's, I think we'll probably will bring in a couple. I'd like to see Ryan Gill go out and get his loan move, hopefully back to Valencia, somewhere he knows. Um, uh, I like I say, I think we'll bring in two. I'd love to see Madison come in and like like Ricky said there to get Bastoni over the line, but you know, loan him back for six months. Uh, that would be great. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure we're going to get rid of Emerson. I think he's stuck with it. we're stuck with him till the summer at least. Uh, Doherty may go out the door, but it's clear he does. If he trusted Spence and Spence gets a bit of game time, I think he'd let one of them go. But it's quite clear, and I can tie it, I can actually understand now why he didn't let Emerson or um, or Doherty go because it was clear he didn't like Spence. We all thought wrongly. Oh, we've signed Jed Spence, so one of the other two are going to go. Wing. It's quite obvious that his plan all along was to keep hold of Emerson. Um, I think the left-hand side sorted. That Udogi looks an absolute bowler, so I'm really going to be excited next year. And I would hope, personally, you're going to have Udogi and, and, and Spence on either side. And I think then you'll see the real possibility of what the wingbacks can do. But I think this year we're kind of stuck with Emerson there, unless something happens with Spence. I don't think Doherty's going to find his form, sadly. I think, he, like Ricky said, he had a few good games and then, you know, he got the injury or whatever. I, I just don't think he's up for it. Um, but, yeah, sorry, guys. I think we're stuck with Emerson uh, for, the, for now. But in answer to your question... I'd like to see a couple come in and attack a midfielder um, to, to boot. So, but we'll see. We'll see. What do you think, Darren, on the transfer window? Oh, I, I, I'm not a transfer expert, to be honest, mate. I, I sort of my eyes glaze over uh, on Twitter until someone goes goes through the door. Um, I, I still think there's a lot of holes. I'm, I'm, I don't think that I don't think we've got proper wing backs. I'm sorry. I just I think that with with Doherty and and. Um, Royal, which we've covered to death, and I even think, to a certain extent, uh, Perisic and Perez. I don't know. I, I just don't. I just don't see what I want to see from those positions. I just. I just don't. Um, do we need a creative midfielder? Is is that the um, the Conte way? Do we do we need like an Ericsson or someone who can um unpick a, a lock and play that, you know, that, that, that through ball. I, I don't know if, if, he, if he's got designs on someone in that position. I don't know. You guys would be better than me to, but that's, that's something that I think that maybe we're lacking in. Uh, Do you know the sad like, thing, Darren, just to jump in there, the sad thing, we have got that player in our, that plays for Tottenham, Ndombele. He could play that role if only he bloody wanted to. Mm. That's the thing. That's the that's the thing. If Ndombele could live up to his potential, Christ Almighty, have we got mm. a player there? But he doesn't, so we yeah. can't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to the last subject. Um, Brighton away this Saturday in the Premier League. Uh, Spurs are currently third. Brighton are fourth. They're right behind us, three points behind us. And as Darren said earlier on. They have only lost one. We've only lost one in the Premier League. Uh, the game that they lost, actually, was against Fulham away 2-1. Uh, 
Uh, they've beat Manchester United this season 2-1. They've drawn against Newcastle 0-0. They beat West Ham 2-0. They beat Leeds 1-0. They beat Leicester 5-2. And last weekend, they drew 3-3 away at Liverpool. Uh, Trossard getting a hat-trick. And, of course, Trossard scored against us at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last season. Um, Ricky, let's start with you on this one. Uh, they just had a change in manager um, as well. Um, they're looking pretty decent. Um, this season. Uh, Ten games in Premier League history between the two sides. Brighton winning three of them, Spurs winning six and one draw. How do you see this one going? I've got a feeling, um, I got a feeling, no, I've got a feeling that we're going to play 3-5-2. I think Basuma and Spence is going to get a start. I know we've been speaking about it, but this is my prediction. And I think that it's going to be Kane and Sonny up front, and I think we're going to win 2-1. That's what that that's going to be my prediction. Okay, that was quick for you. Quick, I know. I was trying to keep it moving, bro. I was trying to keep Wants it to go a bit. Songing and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, what do you reckon? I would love that if Ricky's prediction came off. I'd love to see Spence. I'd love to see three five two, but I think we're going to see Perisic on the right, Sessegnon on the left, and two two in the middle with Hoybier and. Um, and Benton Kerr with the same front three we uh, we are tonight. Um, I think we will just edge it two-one myself. Uh, it's going to be a massively tough game. We, I, I can't, I don't, don't ask me the stats. I haven't got them down, but I think we've struggled at Brighton in the past, haven't we? Didn't they beat us three-nil a couple of years ago? Um, yeah, that was. It's going to be, a, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Very tough game. It probably won't be an easy watch. I think they'll have a majority of the possession. Um, they're still playing uh, the brilliant football, you have to say, that Graham Potter instilled. Um, yeah, don't anybody think this is going to be an easy game because it's not. And I, but I do think it's a massive game in respect to the table, even though it's early. You know, it would be lovely to you know, get three points clear of them So because they've got a game in hand at the moment on us. So uh, very important game. 2-1 Spurs, though. Darren, what are you thinking? And uh, before, before we talk about Emerson Royale, he's actually banned now for three Premier League games. So uh, it'd be interesting, actually, what, what 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 Ricky said about Jed Spence. Will he get his chance? Because I personally feel that um, Matt Doherty would be in front of him. Um, but I do agree with Craig. I think that Perisic will actually start on the right. Uh, I completely forgot about that. You're absolutely right. Um, in that case... Um... You reckon Perisic will start on the right? Yeah, and I think Sessegnon will start on the left. That's that's my opinion. Interesting. Um, I re- if we can come away with a draw, I don't know what the team's going to be. I, re- I reckon it will be the same the same team. And uh, uh, would he start with Doherty instead of? I don't know. I think if we can come away from with a draw, I'd be happy, actually. I think they're on a roll and Trossard will be, you know, licking his lips after getting that hat-trick. I think if we can get a draw away, I think, and a point, I'll be happy. I don't, I don't want to lose it, but uh, um, I, I don't think... I can't see us winning, unfortunately. And I know I'm contradicting what I said about the glass being half full. I know that. I know that. But um, I think just, that... just, just once or twice. <laughs> glass yeah. is empty. You know I know. I, I, well, listen. Oh, glass thing, if, if we can go, if we can go, go to Brighton. We smash. If we can go to Brighton and get a point, there you go. My glass will be half full. How's that? I've reframed <laughs> it. I've reframed it. Well done. Well done, Gav. You brought it <laughs> back, Gav. You brought it I've back. Reframed it. 
So what score prediction are you going with? One all. Good grief. One all. Right. So we've got two one from Craig, two one from Ricky, and a one one from Darren. I'm going to go with uh, Craig and Ricky. I think we're going to, I think we're going to nick it. I think we're going to um, get the three points and and win two one. Um, okay. Game games are coming thick and fast, and then of course we've got Frankfurt. Uh, back in the Champions League at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium the following Wednesday. So, busy times coming up. Um, anyway, Craig, Ricky, Darren, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Um, Ricky, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. They know where they can find me. Everybody keeps sending me bloody well memes left, right and centre. Craig, I see you, bruv. I see you, bruv. Not um, me. Not me. No, I'm doing me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, you can find me at Ricky J Norwood on Twitter and uh, official Ricky Norwood on Insta. Uh, but you can find me on this show again after the game against Brighton. So make sure you tune in. After the win. And just after a serious, que- serious question for you, Rick. How many times do you think you've seen the word Watford on your timeline in Bruv, the last 12 months? Bruv, I, I tell you which one gets me is the... Um, there's two that really get me. It's the Mr. Bean looking lost. And then there's that there's that there's that gif of you know John Travolta just looking like like, oh, yeah, just yeah. like, <laughs> like from, from uh, Pulp Fiction. Those two get me, man. Those two get me. And there's a couple, there's a couple that continually get me, man, on, on Twitter. So thank you for all the love, guys. Thank you for <laughs> sending them. They are quite funny. The home alone one was hilarious as well. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Well, thank you, Ricky. And uh, and Darren, um, tell everyone where they can find you and what uh, what interesting projects have you got uh, coming up? Uh, so Twitter, I've just changed my thing to at Darren Altman. Um, do follow me, hashtag needy, hashtag love me. Um, um, where, what other impro- interesting products? I don't know, I've been doing lots of um, adverts, radio ads, um, Oh, I don't know, funny voices and Halloween stuff. I'm doing loads of Halloween adverts where I have to say things like, tonight's spooktacular. The spooktacular seems to be the word of the day and scary voices. But apart from that, just being a dick on uh, on, on social media and helping uh, and changing my mind on this podcast. You haven't done many impressions this evening. Is I everything all right? I haven't. Um, uh, we'll, we'll discuss that for another day, uh, Chris. We'll, 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 when we have our therapy session, you and me, we can we can discuss that. But no, I haven't. Have, no. have you been working on your Ricky Norwood? Oh, on, my, on my Ricky Norwood? Why? Uh, no, I haven't. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> um, what, about, what about your Craig Dearman? Craig Dearman. <laughs> uh, no, no, I have. Uh, I've been working on my Glen, uh, my Glen Otto, as I say, and uh, you know we'll be happy with that. Those one v ones and those yeah. two v twos, as I say, and uh, you know you have to say he's, uh, yeah, as I say. So uh, <laughs> that's about it. And Craig, thank you so much as always. And tell everyone where they, where they can find you if they really want to find me on Twitter at dmn Nine. I think I am. Uh, I must put it in my name yeah. thing there. But just, just, just very quickly. I think I was going to say earlier. Next two Champions League games are at home. I think obviously must wins. If we win them two, I think we're more or less there, aren't we? So big, yeah. big games coming up. So uh, yeah, got to yeah. make the most of those home games. But uh, thank you everyone for watching. Um, it's now tomorrow, so thanks for sticking with us. 
Yes, yes, indeed. Thank you so much for all of your support. Uh, and as Ricky said, we will be back on Saturday after the Brighton game, hopefully talking about three points to Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League. Craig, Ricky, Darren, thanks so much for your time this evening and we will see you on the next one. Until then, come on you Spurs. Come, come on you Spurs. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.